0: Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. Today, I have not one, but two amazing guests on the show. These guys are lifestyle and business coaches, podcasters, and they are also number one international best-selling authors. From my vantage point, they look the same. However, I have a feeling we're in for double trouble today please give it up for Chris and Eric, the dynamic duo Martinez. Chris and Eric, welcome to the show.
1: Ace, thank you so much, man. I uh, really appreciate that. Nice intro. Love it. Um, hopefully, like I'm looking at this screen right now, hopefully our humongous caterpillar eyebrows are not taking up the whole space, but we're, we're happy to be here.
0: Uh, you guys look good from where, where I'm sitting from, so <laughs> it is all good. Um, these guys operate a world-class online fitness and lifestyle company called Dynamic Duo Training. You can find more information on their website, chrisericmartinez.com. That's spelled C-H-R-I-S-E-R-I-C-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z.com. They are also the hosts of the Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast, and you can find them on Instagram At Chris and A-N-D, Chris and Eric Martinez. To start off the show, I'm going to break my first question, since there's two of you, into two parts and ask you one at a time. All right.
2: Okay, let's do it.
0: Chris, you're up first.
2: (laughs) How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you having you guys, especially you, Chris, on the show. Eric, I think you know what's coming next. All right.
1: I I am ready. I'm ready. It's funny. I I want to see the little brother by one minute go first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. My question for you, it might sound the same. Why does your brother's name always come first?
2: Uh I think it's because I have the C first, right? And the alphabet yeah. comes first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I could see that. I don't have that problem. So you guys might not know. Actually, let me take a step back for the audience. Chris and Eric are identical twins. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you can probably tell that they look very, very similar. But you, what you guys don't know is that you are also actually speaking to an identical twin.
1: Wow, no, no way. way, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> That's right, however, my, my name is Matthew, my brother's name is Michael, so we are the Eminem twins. <laughs> <laughs> my my name always came first. I always said I was the older twin. So Eric, I'm sorry, but Chris, I will be probably uh talking to you a lot more during this call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. Hey, hey, twin power. That's awesome though.
0: Yeah. No, I, I thought it was super cool when uh when I saw you guys online. I was like, hold on, I think these guys are twins. So <laughs> yeah. um, super excited. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Um shoot, let's just jump right into it. So you guys, we were talking before the show, you are living in Dallas, Texas currently. Is that where you guys are from or um, where are you guys originally from?
1: Go for it, Chris.
2: Oh, I thought Eric was going to jump. He's the one who usually jumps it in and start. Okay. Go All right. It. So we're, we're from uh, Northern California normally. Okay. So- Um, It's called Santa Rosa wine country, about 50 minutes north of like San Francisco. So born and raised out there. And, you know, we moved out to Los Angeles seven years ago. So we're out there for seven years. Then 2019, uh, 20, 2019, 2020, we actually moved over to here, Dallas, Texas, you know? So I guess we're, we're Texans now, but we're Cali boys at heart.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, the similarities just keep happening because I was born in San Francisco. My brother and I were, and we grew up in the East Bay in Fremont and (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Unlike you guys, though, he's still out in California. I made it to Nashville mm. about five years ago, and uh, I don't think I'm ever going to be going back. But well, we'll see. So yes. definitely, yeah. man, we got the twin vibe going on. We got the Cali vibe going on. Yeah. Is um, he still in Fremont? What's that?
2: Is he still out in Fremont area?
0: Uh, he moved actually up to Grass Valley, so he's up in the Greater Sacramento area right now. Mm. Literally living in the mountains, snow trees. It's awesome. The whole, the whole nine. So yeah, now he's having a great time out there. Actually, I had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago where he got to interview me. And so we, we did this whole question and answer thing. So for the audience, you are not going to be getting the, the typical twin Q Q and a that I'm sure you guys get all the time. So (laughs) um, I'm going to spare you from, from that torture of (laughs) when I hit one, does the other one feel it Type question. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. So growing up in California, you guys, if anybody goes to your website, they can tell that you guys are trainers. You train actually uh, business coaches for uh, physical trainers, health and fitness. You also do uh, lifestyle coaching. When you guys were growing up, was this an avenue that kind of seemed natural for you guys? Or were you the type of kids where your parents were like, we want you to be doctors or engineers or things like that? Can you jump a little bit into your upbringing and um, where you guys thought you were going to be compared to where you are right now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Ace. Um, And and growing up, honestly, like like our our father was, he was a a tough guy. Um, He was a correctional officer at San Quentin State Prison. So um, he really instilled just a lot of just discipline, work ethic, and he was all about education. So it was more just kind of like, yeah, like, you know, I want you to go to college, like blah, 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 like kind of the cookie cutter route. But I mean, that's only because he only knew what he knew. And my mom only knew what she knew. But just to give your guys just to give your listeners some context um, our, our father passed away when we were 17 years old um, so three days before Christmas and you know we we had a really great family we grew up in a really great household and um, like I said it was just very unexpected he was coming home from a work party and he fell asleep behind the wheel and his, his whole truck hydroplane and he just he, he passed out or excuse me. He just, he just, he died. So that in that instance, it, it really just changed our entire perspective. Just, just our whole life, like our whole family, like we just all crumbled. And I remember getting that knock on the door from a California highway patrol officer at two in the morning that night. And I remember seeing my mom at the door, just like screaming on her knees. And I thought I was in a nightmare. Like, I thought this was like, what's going on here. And they said, yeah, your father passed away. So, um, it was tough. It was tough, and then three months after that, my mom's mom died due to cancer. So it was just like a ton of bricks hit our family. Especially my mom, uh, she turned to alcohol. She turned to antidepressant pills. It was. It just seemed like she wasn't the same person. Like we lost like part of her that same night that my father passed away. So. It was tough. It was tough, man. It was just me, Chris. And it was like my older brother, you know, that was just there to where just, we only had each other, you know, we didn't know how to grieve. We didn't know really like how to get through these dark times. So Chris and I, we just went through a dark path, like turned to alcohol ourselves. We got into a lot of trouble with like the law and really it was just more anger and just really not knowing how to deal with the trauma that we were dealing with. So yeah, I just want to give your guys, just want to give your listeners just some context on that because I'm sure someone has dealt with a big loss or they might be going through that right now.
0: No, I appreciate you sharing that. That yeah, I can't even imagine. I lost both my parents when I was in my mid to late twenties. One huh. from my mother from cancer, and then eighteen months later, uh, my dad had a collapsed long heart attack. Um, yeah,
1: sorry, man. Sorry yeah. to hear that.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I can't. That was traumatic. That was tough. My parents were lifetime smokers, so that sort of thing was. We saw it coming. We didn't want it to happen as fast as it did happen. But I can't even imagine because going through the loss of a parent for people that haven't been through it, it is one of the most difficult things that anybody can ever experience because your parents are such an integral part of your life. Whether whether they're good parents, bad parents, it doesn't matter. Like growing up, like I'm sure you guys looked at your dad like a freaking superhero. Like, yeah. San Quentin, Johnny Cash sings about that. Like that's <laughs> freaking nuts. Like he sounds like he was a freaking badass. And to have somebody like that raising you. And then all of a sudden, right before Christmas too, in, in the blink of an eye, it's your life has forever changed and losing my parents. I understand what you felt, but losing it like that at that age, I can't even begin to I can't even begin to feel what you guys might've felt. And like you said, coping mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I struggled with for many years was drinking and people would say that I was an alcoholic. People would label me and usually it was disempowering. Like you have a disease and things like that. And I'm, I'm not saying that addiction isn't real, but for me in my journey, when I understood that I why I was doing certain things, using certain things as coping mechanisms or to numb myself or to forget the pain and not work through it, those were the tools that I was raised with in my family. And so mm. um, can you guys just walk us along your journey through that dark time?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the first, like what's crazy what you said, man, is like, you know, it took me a long time or two to even realize Like, just like, I'll, I still think like sometimes like how the hell did my dad deal with like inmates like that, you know, like how the hell did he on a day to day basis deal with like literally like some of the worst people out there, man? You know what I mean? And I think it's because also he had like a 45 minute commute from San Rafael there, which was to Santa Rosa. Kind of just like take that armor off and then put the new armor on of like being a family man, you know what I mean? And it's like I appreciate it and respect it so much more now, you know. But I wish I could even ask them these days, like, you know, how the hell did you deal with that? Like, how was your mindset walking into there? Like, you know, what were some of the conversations? What were some of the stuff like those guys talk shit to you, you know, because they weren't all nice, like, how, how's your day going, type of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's crazy, you know, just to think about that, that you said that. um But yeah, I mean, for us, man, it was just like some of the coping mechanisms, like Eric said, we didn't have any coping mechanisms, you know, it took us literally about six years to wake the hell up, you know, and that's what we've talked about before, even some of our books that we were in hell for about six years from like 18 to 24. And then I think what really just kind of woke us up to was having our first mentor, you know, and his name is Dr. Lane Norton. And I'll always like forever be grateful for that guy because I was flipping through a muscular development magazine one time around 23, 24. And it was a a column from him and it just like resonated to me. And it was almost like my dad was saying like, Hey, look into this guy, like hire this guy. And that's what we did. We hired him, you know, and then five years later, that's when we kind of started our, you know, business and and everything just kind of took off that way. But I I can't really say like, what was a big coping mechanism? You know, it was just after that, just kind of just personal development, just like realizing some of the mistakes we made, not making the same mistakes, you know, and just trying to get better, you know, but if I could do it all over again, man, I would have done it so many different ways.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's always hindsight is 2020. It's always easy to look back. And say, yeah, I wish I would have done this differently. You know, I, I could say I have regrets. You know, it took me, shoot, it took me up until the age about 30, 32, before I found my first mentor. And for those listening, like coaching mentorship is so important. I think in my personal opinion, everybody should have a coach, whether you're training physically at a gym um, or with life. Coaching is so important. We need people who have been there, who have done that to be able to guide and essentially help you navigate life. And it wasn't until I found my first mentor and he was actually my boss. He wasn't a a professional mentor or anything, but that's when my life really started turning around is, is when I found a mentor. So... Yeah.
1: And and I I love that. I love that Ace, because honestly, too, like after that, uh, we hired our second mentor, which was our first life coach. And that was around the age of 27, 28, when we moved out to Southern California. And we were very resistant to that. We were just like, whoa, like, what's a what's a life coach? Who needs a life coach? And yeah, it was one of our one of our friends from another mastermind that actually introduced him. And he was an amazing, amazing guy, like very faith driven uh, man. And he really impacted our life because he introduced us to, you know, self self development, just, you know, reading more books, just really working on ourselves and how our pain, our past and trauma has, you know, really carried over to, you know, our insight and it might even carry towards like the foresight of things. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like coaches, I mean, people just need to be open, more open-minded, remove the pride, remove the ego and really just let other people see their blind spots and help them out.
0: Yeah. Blind spots. I love that you say that because we all have blind spots in our lives and Anyone would think it would be crazy if you're saying I want to be a professional baseball player, but I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to go, <laughs> go to the batting cages. I don't even need a pitcher. I'm going to go to the batting cages and I'm going to become the next, I don't know, Sammy Sosa, I don't know, age demographic, uh Sammy Sosa who's I don't know any <laughs> any of the newer guys. Um but that's absolutely right. Like having somebody see what you don't see for yourself. It's easy to look at somebody else and see what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, but looking inward, it's so much more difficult to, to see that for ourselves.
2: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: So, but that's crazy. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that, 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 um, welcome. yeah, let's, um, let's jump into something here real quick. So you guys are lifestyle coaches. What exactly is a lifestyle coach?
1: I wouldn't say we're necessarily lifestyle coaches. Like I I, I think we're just more just like business, business coaches, to be honest. But I like I mean, we could tie that in because I think that if you are an entrepreneur, you are a business owner, it is going to be, you know, some form of your lifestyle. And, you know, we've been, you know, um, health and fitness coaches in the past. So that's a form of lifestyle as well, too. So we could definitely blend that all in. But I would say more right now, just what we've been doing with our businesses is just really focus on B2B coaching, just helping other people like build their businesses, build their online brand. But. Um, i mean if i look at lifestyle man it's just it's everything well i can put that into four uh, four pillars which we really emphasize and that's health, wealth, love, and happiness. Um, I think that that all blends into, you know, what a fulfilled lifestyle is. I mean, now, is it, is it easy to balance those all out? I mean, no, it's not. But that's, that's the challenge behind it, right? That's where you should be chasing personal excellence. You should, you know, put your health at the forefront, whether it's, you know, your mental health or physical health, because without that, you can't sit there and do any other, any of, any of those other uh, three pillars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I kind of look at it uh for me personally like a pyramid and yeah. at the base of my pyramid is health and fitness and i think most people can agree that if you have your health and fitness that's the most important because without it you can't do anything else in life
1: yeah absolutely
0: uh, yeah and so i have kind of like a hierarchy of of different uh aspects of life uh, emotions and meaning career uh, i think there's eight uh life categories that I, that i go by but um I appreciate you uh, sharing that. So you guys started to do the personal development. You hired your first coach and then you got um, a mentor after that as well. And you guys from what's on your social media talk a lot about clarity, knowing what you want to know in life. And I, the more I ask people what they want in life, the more I realize that people usually don't know what they want in their lives. They, they, have an idea but a lot of times it's what they think other people expect out of them what their yeah. family yeah. what their community expects out of them so uh take us through a little bit of your clarity journey and really discovering what it is you guys want in life
2: yeah yeah and i i honestly i i wish i could resonate with people like that you know because i know like i don't know what that's like to where you know people come from families that you know let's say for example their mom and dad are like a lawyer or doctor and they want that like really pressed upon like their kids, you know, I'm sure that must kind of suck in a way because it's like, all you're doing is living your life to literally fulfill them. Right. Um, I don't, I can't really resonate with that because we didn't really deal with that. But for us, man, like, you know, clarity, like, I think the biggest kind of like breakthrough for us with clarity was when we actually moved out here to Dallas yeah. Because when we lived in um, LA, there's so much noise out there, so much Hollywood, so much shiny objects out there to where it's so hard to have clarity and focus and peace, you know? So uh, my best piece of advice would be to somebody is, you know, look at the state of environment that you're in, you know, are you happy and fulfilled with the city that you actually live in, the state you live in? I think that's huge. And a lot of people don't look at that. And we thought we were super happy like in LA, you know, because again, it's California, it's the sunshine state. It's like we're living right by beaches, we have access to every little thing. But dude, when you really zero in on like how LA is built, from like literally an aerial view, the way it's designed is for that exact reason, man. That's why the rent I feel like is so high too, is because you're so boxed into these like apartments and stuff like that to where it's like, you have no choice, but to get the hell out after that and seek entertainment and go out and spend more money get into some of these habits and stuff like that, the way it's designed in my opinion. Um, But ever since we moved out here, you know, just so much more peace and then, you know, so much more clarity. And I feel like with peace and clarity comes focus. And that's how we've been able to literally the past two years, really, really just focus in on just like, what are we truly doing? You know, like what does God really want us to do, you know, with his plan and be able to serve other people at the highest level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, go ahead, Eric.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% like just with Chris on that and I think just too like where I think, you know, being getting clear is just really too like like doing that doing that work and and just like really like understanding who am I? You know, a lot of people just don't have like that those hard conversations and I mean, even David Goggins talks about this all the time like in his book and his in his uh podcast and it's just it's powerful. It's like you have to have those uncomfortable dark conversations with yourself, you know, when nobody's around and it's not easy to do, but there's so much clarity that you get from that. There's so many answers that you get to where it's like, that could just put together like different pieces to this puzzle and this whole game of life that we're, we're doing, right. It's like a big puzzle. It's a game. We're trying to figure it out. We, we, we only know what we know. That's why we have to get to new levels. We have to sit there and surround ourselves with other people that know more than us. We have to sit there and continuously do the work. We have to improve every single day. Um, you know, so that's where to me, it's like, a lot of people they they don't want to sit there and do the work they don't want to sit there and have the uncomfortable conversations you know with them because then it's like they're almost afraid of like the unknown right so you know um and that's that's another conversation is like there's there's so much in the unknown that we don't know but so many people live in that fear where it's like I'm here comfortable. I'm very comfortable. So I don't want to go to that unknown territory because I don't know what's going to happen. And also too, like the the one thing I always remember, one of my mentors said, he said that your deepest, your deepest, uh, your greatest gift lies in your deepest wound. And that's, that's another thing. It's like so many people just don't want to just like accept like that wound that they have, that trauma that they have. But it's like, okay, that could be your, your message. You know, you turn those messes into your messages going forward.
2: Yeah. One more thing too, Ace, like just on clarity that made me think of that was um, the same mentor that said what Eric just said right now. His name was Philip McKernan. And mm-hmm. um, I remember what he told us too, with like clarity, you know, what we live in this day and age, man, where it's just like, there's so much information out there to where people are constantly consuming. That's the external knowledge, right? Yeah. All the YouTube videos, the podcast, the books, um, you know, seminars, whatever it is. Everybody kind of like fills up their brain like that, right? To where it's like a gas tank to where it's just like, there's only so much you can take of all that stuff, the external knowledge to where he would always recommend like every month or something like that, do like an external deload type of like thing where you don't read anything for like a month or for like a week. And you let all that kind of external knowledge turn into internal, you know, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you see clarity as well <laughs> too, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah. no, that's super powerful. I've I've never thought of it that way, kind of doing... Uh, an information uh, pause, essentially, and it's hard. But yeah, I I can become one of those people that you know I have right here next to me, never finished. I'm I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm the new
2: David Goggins, one right?
0: That's right. Yeah, it's his his <laughs> new book, and I'm one of those people that I just love reading, and I'll get through a book, and right. then it's like on to the next one. Yeah, and you can find yourself just going and going and going, but if you don't take that time to pause and say, okay, let me absorb some of this. Let me go over it again, or let me just sit with it for a bit. You can pretty much be like social media is just next, 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 next. Yeah. You feel like you're moving, but you're never really getting anywhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, for me, moving out of California, I never thought I'd move out of California, to <laughs> be honest. Uh, at age 34, I think, is when I finally moved. And it was so interesting when I first moved to Tennessee because slower pace of life, even though Tennessee, Nashville is still a pretty fast city, it definitely is is a notch below the Bay Area. Yep. And over the last few years, I've really been able to get, like we talked about, clearer on what our mission is, what we want to do with our lives. And... I would say I'm a pretty fast-moving person, kind of like you guys, just moving and shaking all the time. However, doing it in a different perspective, doing it without my community, without my friends, without my family here. I moved here with uh, my now ex-wife, but we didn't know anybody. It was her and I, and that's it. And I had to make things happen. Did a lot of good things, made a lot of mistakes, but taking myself out of that comfort zone and putting myself into the unknown and seeing things from a different vantage point was huge for me because I always thought I would live, start a family and die in California. Yeah. But now that I'm out, I'm able to, I've i discovered myself. I discovered my mission to get better, to be better, so that I can help other people. Yeah. That, that's my mission. And yeah. I don't know if I had stuck in, some people call it the rat race, whatever you call it, if I had stayed in California, I don't know if I would have experienced the things that I've experienced and have gotten to the place that I am now. And for me, this is just the beginning. I like to tell people that the best is yet to come because I truly believe that it is. And it sounds like you guys kind of went through a similar journey going from the Bay to LA and then also listening to your gut and saying, I don't know if this is the right place for us. And then shoot, moving to Dallas, Texas and it sounds like once you guys move there things become became a whole lot clearer for you.
1: Yeah, it's crazy man. I appreciate you sharing that cuz there's just so much to unpack there and just relate with, but it's like it's just when I I still think about it sometimes when I wake up, I was telling this to my girlfriend, I was like I wake up sometimes I'm like am I am I really here in Texas? Like it just never made it never made sense. Like the, it, Texas was never on our radar, but we did come out here. I want to say like 3 4 years ago we we're supposed to speak. we're supposed to speak here for an engagement here in this, in the Dallas area. And it got canceled last minute. So Chris and I were just like, ah, you know what? We already got everything planned. Let's just go check out Texas. And from there, we actually, I, we, we got, um, an interview with, uh, Patrick bet David on our podcast. So we're like, okay, we're, we're going to go for sure. So it was just, we saw how beautiful it was here. And I was like, "This, this is Texas. I was like, I didn't even know Texas was this nice. And That opened up our eyes, and then when the pandemic hit, we're like, "Oh, we gotta get, we have to get out of here." We kept hearing about Texas, like reached out to our mentors, and then just, I'm telling you, this like, it's it's almost like just like God led us here because the place that we um, ended up was five minutes away from the church that we go to now that we're heavily involved with, and it's it's really impacted our life for the better. And it just like you couldn't write it a better script like that. Like God placed us five minutes away from that church for a reason, and. I kid you not, man, it's been nothing but breakthroughs and just like great stuff since, since being here. You know, I know there's still a lot of work to do, but I just don't think that if we were in California, like we, we would have still been lost in a lot of different areas.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Did did you guys, for me, it felt like ripping off a band bandaid. Was, <laughs> yeah. was that a, a similar feeling for you guys?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was tough, man. It was, it was really tough. Like it's a huge culture shock coming out here. I mean, there's so much differences. When I first got here, like we even like the first four or five months, we got homesick and we were like, yep. literally like, do we make the right decision? We were freaking out. <laughs> so all
2: emotional, like making, looking for the worst things out here, like, Oh, F this place or F that, you know what I mean? Just super emotional. You know what I yeah. mean? But we pressed through it, man. We pressed through it. And that was like the biggest like kind of hurdle was just pressing through it, you know?
0: Yeah, change is always tough. That was always the toughest thing for me, going from different school to different school as I was growing up. And then, yeah, moving to Tennessee myself. Those first few weeks are tough. And it's really easy to point out what's wrong with where you're (laughs) at as opposed to being like, hold on, I am actually free from... I love California. Don't get me wrong. I love the people there. I love visiting. But I don't know if I could live in that kind of lifestyle anymore. I just feel... Freer out here. I feel more in control of my life. Like you t- guys talked about the external noise, it seems mm-hmm. like that's gotten turned down quite yeah. a bit. And I just, it's like once you make that initial break, shoot, we could freaking move to Dubai tomorrow if we wanted to. And I'd be like, okay, let's do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, like I, I've been, I've been re- like really reflecting on this. I mean, I think no matter what, like there's a reason why, like people like make those such drastic sh- uh, shifts and changes in their lives and like even just for you for moving from Cali to to Nashville I mean that's huge but i think going forward like let's say you I, like you ever needed to go back and live in Cali if you needed to go live somewhere else it's like you've you've prepared yourself so much like yeah. mentally emotionally spiritually to where you i don't think you'd be the same person even if you went back to california you've developed so many different skills so many different awareness situations that just those things would never, they, they would no longer serve you like they used to. And and I looked at, I looked at it like that from, from my uh, standpoint, I'm like, yeah, even if I went back to living like in Cali, I just like, I, I would be the person I am here because that's who I've been molded into. This is who I like. Um, this is, this is, this is the version of Eric Martinez that I like and resonate with. And I want to keep building off this version going forward.
0: I agree a hundred percent. I really like the perspective that you give on that because I've thought of it as, taking a step back if I went to California yeah, and not that I'd be taking a step back in my life, but I am not the same person that I was five years ago when I left. Yeah. And so I think what I was trying to say by taking a step back is just, you, you said it perfectly. You change, you get better, you level up in life. And I don't ever want to go back to the old me. I, I have what I call saboteur names. Um, uh, I'm big on the book, positive intelligence. He talks about the sages and the saboteurs, you know, the good voices in your head, the bad voices Mm. in your head. And for me, yeah, one of my saboteurs, I called doormat and Mm. I would let people step all over me. Gotcha. And so I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that boy anymore. And yeah, there's, I'm never going back to that life again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's and,
0: awesome. Man. And, Respect. and I, and I think physically taking yourself out of somewhere that you were comfortable with, that you were familiar with is a big step in transforming yourself as well. Cause now you're in a foreign environment. I didn't know anything about Nashville, just like you guys didn't know anything about Dallas. I came here a couple of times. I, <laughs> I, I liked it. Um, and I kind of just came here blindly. I was like, you know what, screw it. I've been in California my entire life. Let's try something else because what's working or what's here is great, but I know there can be so much more and, and there is, there's
1: there's something missing. There's something missing in us too. And we always knew it. We always knew it, but it's like, we could not figure it out. And it's like, I honestly think it was, it was like us, like finding our spiritual side and really turning to God and seeking God more because we grew up, we grew up Catholic. Our, Our family raised us. We did our first communion. Um, you know, but There was always something missing. We got so distracted when our father passed away to where it's just we didn't have God in our life. And I look back and I'm like, man, if I would have just handled things differently, if I would have known like the things I know now, um, it wouldn't have been such a brutal, you know, path to where I am now.
2: Yeah, what's so funny too, Ace is like when we moved out here. Man, we lived in um, downtown in an Airbnb for about thirty days, right? Because we didn't know anything about it, and we ended up in Frisco, right, which is north of like you know downtown Dallas, about thirty minutes. But we were just like culture shocked, you know, like people would smile, they'd open your doors, they'd say hello. And we're like, what the hell? You know, because we're from LA, man, it's everybody's in their own damn little bubble just on the hustle bustle, like, you know, if they don't, if they can't get something out of you, then, you know, it's basically, okay, why even like conversate, you know? So it's completely different culture shock, man. So that's one thing I recommend to people is just, you know, try to like, just see different places outside of like where you're from and where you're like born and raised, because there's so many other places to be able to like to see and so much growth that's going to happen and transformation from trying that out, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. So for those of you listening, these guys run a world-class Fitness and lifestyle company called Dynamic Duo Training. Check out their website, chrisericmartinez.com. Also, check out their podcast, Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast. And you can find them on Instagram at Chris and Eric Martinez. Jumping on what you guys just said, we, we talk a lot about struggle, we talk a lot about discomfort and pain. And I'm a big believer that you're not going to do anything worthwhile in life if you don't suffer a little bit, if you don't have a little bit of pain, because that causes us to grow. And it sounds like that's something that you guys live by. Am, am I correct in making that assumption?
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. And um, I want to say um, something our, our pastor uh, says all the time. And he says, you have to grow there before you you go there which is super powerful, you know, and, and growth takes pain. It takes suffering. It takes being uncomfortable. It takes discipline. It takes obedience. It takes honor. And, um, we I mean, you know, for us, man, like, I mean, we, we, ha- I mean, <laughs> I could say we've suffered, but it, I'm always going to say it could be so much worse. Like other people out there have a, a, a worse situation and it's just all perspective on how how fast you want to grasp that and not play the victim mentality. You know, that's really what it comes to. And, and another, another thing that might be good for your listeners to understand is like there's three things you guys can control every single day. I truly believe that. And that's your thoughts, your attitude, and your actions. And it's also known as like your think, be, do, right? Like literally, like if you really think about it, you can control all those things. And it just, it all depends on you, how you want to wake up and... What kind of attitude do you want to have? What kind of perspective? Like, how are you going to go attack the day? Are you going to play the victim? Are, you know, are are you going to struggle? Hell yeah, you're going to struggle. Like everything in life is a struggle. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not. It's one mountain after another. It says that even in, I think it's in in Hebrews or or, or something in the Bible, right, Chris? Doesn't it say that? Hebrew, yeah. Hebrew, yeah. Yeah. One mountain after another. It's like, we we know this. So it's like, we're going to struggle and some struggles are going to be worse than others. But it's like, man, it's like, if we have the attitude to be like, okay, like this struggle is going to give me these scars. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to, you know, make me a better person. Like, damn, like what a different outlook that is as opposed to like, ah, poor me. Like, why do I have to struggle? Like another thing happened in life. So it's all perspective, man. But it's like, I think struggled, man, struggle. Fuck. Someone said like, if you're going to struggle, struggle well. So why not?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Another thing too, Ace, like to piggyback on that is just like urgency along with that, man. Like I I don't see people have enough urgency these days. You know, it's like, it's kind of like just that entitled mindset where it's like, Oh, you know, I got tomorrow. Oh, I got next month. I got another year. You know, I can do this in five years, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me because I have a different pair of lens. And maybe this was kind of like, you know, some of the scars I got from losing my father, um, you know, unplanned, right. It's just basically tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know, it's not, so it's like, I'm going to have every single ounce of urgency, you know, every single day, you know, as much time as I put in, you know, 10 hour days of the urgency to do what I need to do to fulfill my dreams and my goals and serve other people and make an impact because tomorrow's not guaranteed, you know? So I think if people just had a mindset like that, they'd get a lot more shit done, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, stress is good for us. Actually, physiologically, stress is good for our bodies. It's good to have a little bit of cortisol running mm-hmm. through our systems. And it's when it's get it high stress gets chronic that there starts to be issues. However, I agree with you guys completely. When I was looking back at my life, when I was living comfortably, nice car, nice house, nice girlfriend, nice job. I was miserable and I didn't understand why. And I would use coping mechanisms. I talked about the drinking earlier, uh, going out, partying, things like that. Television, lots of television in -hmm. my earlier life. And I was living what I would consider, quote unquote, the American dream. And I was absolutely miserable. And it wasn't until I understood that in the struggle, in the physical, mental and emotional strain that comes with actually doing something worthwhile in life, that I started to get better. I started to care more, I started to give more my time, my money, my energy to people and things that really were important to me. And that's when everything changed for me was that mindset shift to going from comfort to discomfort. And that when we live in discomfort, or try to, I I tell people, I try to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. I don't know how well that, that works, but it, I believe it does get easier because we do get stronger. Just like salmon, when they go to spawn, they swim upstream. And yeah. if you're swimming upstream in life, man, by the time you get to the top, you are going to be freaking ripped. And so that's how I try to live my life now is just every day I get up, I go to the gym, I read, I pray, I get my day started and I give it everything I can on the yeah. outside in. Some people are they—they they think I'm crazy. Why are you putting so much on it? Like, you don't have to. Do, you could take a shortcut. You could take a break. And I was like, I don't want to.
1: Yeah, exactly. And man, I, I knew I knew we were connected for a reason, Ace. Like, man, <laughs> like honestly, like I love this man. Like, and it's like like everything you're saying, I, I resonate with, and I 100 percent like respect, and I, I I'm with you. And just some people just don't understand it. I think we're just wired different. But I love how you say that you approach every single day like that, and. Another thing too, can you imagine just like living, like if life was just so linear to where there was no struggle, there was no stresses, there was no challenges. I mean, that would be so boring. That would be so boring. But it's like, again, like people don't understand too, where it's like two buckets, right? It's like, you know, your controllables versus your uncontrollables like I said, like three controllables, you always can just control your thoughts, your attitude, your actions, your uncontrollables. You can't control like the, the certain aspects in the economy, the government, politics, the way people react. There's just so many things that you cannot control. So why, why sit there and stress it, man? Like why sit there and even like go down that route and and put your energy towards that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's also too, just like people have like, you know, I call this like the Ape mentality, APE, to where it's just like people get too attached to to things. They get attached to to people, to concepts, to businesses, to to frameworks, um, you know, to cities, right? And then they get, um, you know, too personal, take things personal. Right. Whether somebody offends them, whether it's not the type of social media comment that they really want to get, right? They get too they take things way too personal, right? And they don't even know how the hell other people's day is kind of going. And it's probably a reflection of what's going on in their life, nothing you did, right? So if they take it really personal and it upsets them, ruins their day. And then the E is they get too emotional. You know, they they just get way too emotional and they make decisions based off of, you know, emotion. And we all know if you make, you know, decisions off emotion and they're not logical, they're probably not gonna be good decisions, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. One thing that I'd like to mention is the mindset that I have today and the way I approach life. That just didn't happen. I wasn't born this way. Yeah. I was living like I said the American dream. I had everything I thought I wanted, everything I was told that I needed to live a happy life. I was following ex- I was a great child. I followed exactly what my parents told me, but what I needed to do was change and change is possible. We can change our nervous systems. We can change our thoughts. We can change our words. And that ultimately leads to changing our deeds. And it took hard work. No, one, no one's going to hand it to you. You got you to take the ball and run. You got to do it yourself. Now there's going to be coaches like we talked about, mentors that are going to help you. And everybody that wants to have a happier, better life, That is possible, but they need to put in the work. And that's where the struggle comes in, where the reps come in, where getting up early, staying up late comes in, doing the things you don't want to do comes in. I don't go to the gym because I love the pain that it gives me. (laughs) I do it because it's required of me to be better so that I can give more of myself. I can have more energy shit, I'm turning 40 in two weeks. No, sorry, not two weeks, two months. I have more energy now than when I was in my twenties. It's
1: awesome. Crazy.
0: Like it's absolutely incredible what you're able to do when you push yourself. And yeah, it's not easy. I don't always look forward to doing it, but it's those times when nobody's watching, nobody's looking that it's just you and your mind and you are pushing yourself to be better. That's why I love Goggin so much. It's I think so good. Yeah, he's he's a maniac um and a freak in nature. But to push himself like he does, even if I could do just a percentage of that, I'm gonna be that much better.
1: Yeah, I, I love that, man. It's just <clears throat> what you said too, suck out. It's just like people they know that they they're not doing what they know they should be doing. Right. And that pr- prime example, it's like taking care of your health. It's like y- we it's not rocket science. Like you should take care of your health for longevity and so many other health purposes. But people just don't do it because they choose not to. And it's like this. Uh, it's it's another thing, too. I tell people, it's like no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. There's no 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 knight and a white horse that's going to come and rescue you and just like make you do the work. It's like you got to do the work.
2: Yeah, I think that's one thing too, man, like like why we really kind of like fell in love with fitness, you know, and started our first business was just because we saw like how many carryover effects there was from actually like, you know, you know, weight training. Fitness. And, you know, a couple of them is obviously, you know, the discipline that it takes, right? Is at the time you don't really realize how that carries over into your lifestyle and business and relationships and stuff. But man, you got to be disciplined when you go into the gym. You got to be disciplined to do your sets and your reps and get in your rest periods. And, uh, you know, you have to be disciplined in the kitchen, right? To have your proper diet after to get the results. And the delayed gratification, that's the hugest thing, too, ACE, is the delayed uh, gratification to where it's like people always think, like, you know, oh, what's the point of going to the gym? You know, I'm never going to look like this person on a magazine. Right. And that's okay though. You know, it's going to take a long time to probably look like that, but that's the delayed gratification. You know, so many people had that mindset in business as well too, instead of thinking like, oh man, I'm going to get into this to make a quick buck or I'm going to get into it to like, you know, exit and then sell it for, you know, $50 million. It's like, just, just have the discipline of the delayed gratification with the journey and the process with it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. just to piggy piggyback on that really quick. Like I remember when we lived in L.A., like we would literally we invested in several like masterminds. Like one of them was Ty Lopez's mastermind, twenty five thousand dollars for the year. So we would always go over to his his mansion in Beverly Hills, and he would host like you know the the get-togethers, and there would be like business owners, multimillionaires, they're very high level people, and I'd I'd see them and like I'd be like, okay, well they they have a huge bank account, but they look so bankrupt inside or they were just so physically unhealthy to where I'm like, really like all the money in the world. And I'm for la- I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like a dick, but it's like, you you have to wake up and see that shit every day in the morning and you that's okay with you? Like, like come on, there, there's no way in hell. So I, that's just one thing like, I don't understand. You know, just like when people are like, okay, like, like let me chase the money, the money and the money and the money. I'll do it later, later, later. It's like, it doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, it, when you live an unbalanced life, especially with your health and your fitness, like like we talked about, all the money in the world isn't going to save you when you can't get out of bed or exactly. you have any sort of... And I, I don't wish this upon anyone, but yeah, it, when you're so successful in one part of your life, but other fundamental parts of your life lack, you know, what's worth it? I, I do talk about being unbalanced and how that's important to do great things in your life. But certain things like for me, Health and fitness is a non-negotiable. My spiritual walk, non-negotiable. But am I going to be in seasons where I have to do a crazy amount of work and sure. maybe my life won't be as balanced as I would like it to be? Sure. Yes, because that's I, I want to do great things, but also at the same time, making sure that you're not completely forgetting about your workouts. You're not completely forgetting to eat healthy. Yep. And yeah, it's it's interesting to see certain successful people that are, yeah, just focused on money, 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 money. For me, money is the lowest form of currency and for people to be focused on, on something like that. I think that's why we can or not get into this, but for me, that's why the spiritual walk is so important because for me, it puts things in perspective.
1: 100%. Yep. Um, and that's
2: why like I have to have my morning routine every single morning, man. You know, like I get up at 5:30 and I have to be on that couch at 5:45 and I need at least an hour to myself, you know, to, to read the Bible, to sit there and journal for like five minutes, get my thoughts gathered, then be able to study whatever it is that I'm studying, like, you know, a business book, marketing, sales, whatever. But I need that time because that's, what's like putting on my armor, my Jersey, like an NFL player to go out there into the entrepreneurial world and play offense and serve and do what I do best. You know, and if I don't have that man, my days don't look at, you know, I get thrown off. I get antsy. I get anxious. I get irritable. So it's like, I have to have that. So I can totally relate with like your spiritual walk,
1: you know? Yeah. He'll start complaining to me a lot. Ace. Yeah. <laughs> Just see,
2: that's why he doesn't get his morning routine too.
1: <laughs> I, I know. I feel you.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. No, I, the morning rituals for me are non-negotiables, no matter how crazy yep. my life is, no matter what's yep. going on. I'm a five 30 morning waker myself, but if I have an early meeting or an early appointment, you know what? I'm up at four 30. I'm making the time and I'm going to bed earlier the night before, or if I can't, well, I'm just going to suck it up and, and embrace the struggle. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I know we're getting close to the end of it and we haven't talked anything about your actual businesses. And (laughs) so I don't want to do you guys a disservice because I know we can talk about, this stuff all day (laughs) long. So can you just let the audience know, I know you said it's, it's B2B, you guys are business coaches for, uh, like fitness businesses. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's for health and fitness professionals. So think about like a personal trainer, nutritionist, registered dietitian, you know, functional medicine, doctor, naturopath. So we actually help them, um, you know, start and grow their online side of the coaching business.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect. So how do I guess, people get in touch with you, do they go to your website? What's the easiest way for them to reach out?
2: Yeah, a couple of different ways. The, the, the best way is dynamicfitpros.com. So on there, we have a really, really awesome video on there on the six step pathway to get to 10K months in your business if you're, you're a coach. I mean, obviously the framework like, can work for any coach that's like within like, you know, wealth, relationships, or health. But yeah, that's probably the best way.
0: Well, sounds easy enough. <laughs> awesome. And you guys also have your podcast, I'm gonna be transparent. I haven't listened to it yet. I am it is in my queue, so I will be listening to it. But can you uh, give a little snippet or intro to uh, what y'all's podcast is about?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for that. It's called the Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast. And it's 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 insane sometimes. Like Chris were talking we were talking about the other day and we're like close to four hundred and yeah, seventy-five episodes in. So, you know, we started that podcast about five, six years ago. It's just, it's a lot of sets and reps, and I mean, it's been amazing. We've had some amazing guests on, um, have just changed a lot of the the format um, with it and stuff too. But we love it. We love podcasting. That's part of our jam. But um, yeah, I would say, guys, just check it out. It's Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast. We bring on just different entrepreneurs. Just talk about their story, talk about their expertises, um, you know, obstacles, how they turn their messes into their messages. We just like to conversate. And that's why I love what you said about in the beginning, Ace, like I hate calling it an interview. I I like to conversate with people. So yeah, you guys can check that out. um, Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Uh, One thing I want to touch on, you guys do have a post. Uh, I don't know which one of you is in the photo. It didn't say, but <laughs> it was the day that one of you guys got laid off from your job. I think mm. you had said you were there for about 13 years mm-hmm. and you got the pink slip or whatever they call it. But long story short, you guys used that as a launching pad to improve your lives, to to take something that was terrible and turn it into something good. Yeah can you just talk a little bit about that experience and uh, how you viewed it and how you got through it and how it propelled you guys to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know exactly a picture you're talking about on Instagram. It's a funny picture. I'm carrying a box. And I have this yeah. look on my face. Um, but yeah, just, uh, to be honest, like it was, it was, it was crazy how that happened And this. I was uh, probably like 24 years old when this happened. And we already had like, me and Chris already had these discussions like, Oh, we need to just pull the trigger and go all in on our business. Our first business, we were, we were, we were scared. Of course there was fear, uncertainty, doubt about it. Cause we had a steady income. Both of us had jobs and we were building this business on the side. Like, you know, when we got home from work, worked late hours, you know, weekends, we, we did we what we had to do with the time we had, but I remember too that the hospital. I worked at a hospital full time, and I was commuting, and I was like a cancer to them. Like I literally was. I remember I would sit in the car in the mornings, and I would like just look at the clock, and I'd be dreading to go in there and clock. And I'm like, "What am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here?" So finally, I think they caught on to like me working on my business here and there, and they're like, "Eric, like you know, we we have to let you go." And I was so happy. I was so relieved. And I remember I carried my box into the apartment with Chris and he was sitting there as well, too. He had gotten laid off like right around that time, too. And that's just what it was, um, Ace. Like it was it was almost like it was a blessing. It really was. Because if that didn't happen, like Chris and I wouldn't have sat there and gone all in into our business. And funny story to that, we actually left our apartment. We lived right outside of San Francisco in Marin County. And we were like, you know, we don't have steady income. We don't have jobs anymore. So we got to go back to mom's house, suck it up for a year and not pay rent and stuff. And we got to build this business. So we made it happen, you know, but it's all about sacrifice and just, you know, being uncomfortable and, and just, you know, putting in the sets and reps and really just believing what your vision is and just playing the long game.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I. For all those listening out there, you mentioned this in several different capacities throughout this conversation but it's really getting in tune with yourself. Like you said, you sat in your car, you were miserable. When I got laid off from my first real career job, same thing too. Like I was pissed that I got laid off, but then I looked in the mirror, absorbed it, looked, looked at myself and was like, yeah, you kind of probably deserve to be, uh, <laughs> to be laid off. Like you were just good enough. So for those listening, like it's so important to evaluate your life really feel what, what your heart is telling you, not your head. Get get out of your head, get into your heart or your gut. Um, I think some people say the gut somehow is connected to the heart. We're mm-hmm. not going to get into that, but listen to yourself. Listen to the voices. And I'm talking about the sages. I'm not talking about those fucking saboteurs. Fuck those guys.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> They're liars.
0: They're counterfeits. They are only going to do you disservice. Listen to those sages because they're going to guide you to the right place. And to me, that's God. But yeah, I really appreciate you guys sharing all that. I honestly, I really appreciate you guys being so open and honest about your life, about what you guys have gone through, the struggles, the victories. And it was just incredible having you guys on.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Ace. Really enjoyed this conversation, man. Thank you so much for having us.
0: I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So once again, these guys operate a world class fitness and lifestyle company called Dynamic Duo Training. You can find more on their website, chrisericmartinez.com. Also, check out their podcast. I'm going to be doing it. It's the Dynamic Lifestyle Podcast. And you can also find them in, on Instagram at Chris and Eric Martinez. Well, guys, I wish this could have gone longer. I know we all have busy, busy days, busy lives, but. Definitely loved having you guys on it. Love having my first set of identical twin brothers on. So we definitely need to connect past this. Um, what you guys are doing is incredible. I love your energy. I love your outlook and focus. And I'm excited to keep following y'all's journey. Thanks, Ace.
2: Thanks like a lot, man. man. I appreciate
1: yeah. it. We'll have to link up and, and do some more of this. But yeah, thank you again. This is really great.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, for those of you who are listening, thank you once again for checking out the podcast. We're going to have more fantastic guests on just like Chris and Eric. Actually, more like Eric and Chris. And uh, yeah, I'm just so blessed to have y'all on this journey with me. So with that said, Ace out.